the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed, and now uh, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Hour number two is underway. Thank you so much for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I've been listening to that open now for the last several years, and I've been listening, of course, and you've been listening to The Authority uh, for quite some time. Don't know if you realize it, but this January will begin our eighth year of The Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. And I want to tell you, uh, big changes are in store for 2022. Big changes are in store. You will find out literally uh, when uh, 2022 commences. And I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to be used to that are going to be a little bit different. Some other things are, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to reinvent the wheel here. We're not going to fix what isn't broken. Uh, but we are going to improve upon that, which is already awesome. So huge, huge thanks coming up in 2022 for this program. And uh, you're going to have to tune in to make sure you're with us. But, yeah, year number eight of this program will start in January, and we could not be more excited about it. As for now, though, it's a Monday, the sixth morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. And uh, I told you at the top of the broadcast an hour ago that the top of the uh, second hour was going to be a really interesting one for me. And it's going to be one that I'm very, very excited about. And I told you it's going to be filed under the uh, in the category of It's a Small World. I was going to play the song, but I know you would want to blow your brains out if you heard Disney's It's a Small World after all. So I'm going to hold off on that, and I'm just going to bring in my guest, a man with whom uh, I became acquainted 30 years ago this year. Literally, it was in 1991 that I received my first teaching contract, my first job offer fresh, fresh out of college. Uh, at Firelands Local Schools out in Henrietta Township slash Oberlin, Ohio. Uh, and the superintendent of Firelands Local Schools at that time was a gentleman by the name of Finn Larson. 
Finn Larson offered me that job. It got my career started. I spent six years as an educator before going full-time into radio. And now, as I said, in, in the uh, It's a Small World department, Finn Larson is the educational consultant for Christian Educators Association International. That's the group that I told you was putting on a forum, a community forum, this Thursday in Salem, Ohio. And Finn Larson joins us now as my guest on AM fourteen twenty the answer. Mr. Larson, it is so very nice to have you on the program. How are you this morning? Well I am blessed, Bob. Uh first of all to reconnect with you in this way. And also I've had the opportunity to follow your career, uh where your influence was, was certainly powerful in the classroom and on the football field. Uh but but uh, your influence has spread even farther and I'm I'm uh, I feel blessed that I even played a very small role in that. So it's been good to follow your career since uh, you left Ireland. Well, you are so very kind to say that, and uh, and I, I have to tell you, I was my my jaw kind of hit my chest uh, last what was it Wednesday or Thursday when I got a message from Kevin Isaac saying, "Hey, there's an event coming up. You may or may not want to you know take a look at maybe interviewing somebody about." And he sent me the information, and I saw that they, they somebody whoever sent that to him misspelled your name, L A R L A R S O N is how they spelled it, and I said Finn Larson. That name sounds familiar, but it's not spelled that way. Then again, I don't know anybody else named Finn. So so it must be, and you know, sure enough, doing the research, I said, I'll be doggone. This is, uh, this is Superintendent Finn Larson, whose career as an educator spanned 32 years. You taught. You were a counselor. You were an assistant principal, a principal, and, of course, a superintendent. So you've dedicated your career to education, uh, and, and that's what we're here to talk about today, right? About what's going on in our public schools. Absolutely. And, and uh, Bob, I am an advocate of public schools, I've I've invested the last 48 years in the public school, and so I, I'm an advocate. It's where most of our Christian children are. It's where most of our non-Christian children are, and and uh, but I believe that it's not the same public school that I taught in uh, many years ago, and it's 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 changed dramatically since you were in the classroom. You and, are and kidding. The, the reality of it is, many parents and grandparents and Concerned citizens don't know exactly what's going on, and that's what we're going to talk about at that forum. What has happened to our public schools since they were formed back in the 1700s when when you couldn't tell the difference between a public school and a Christian school, if you will, uh, and, and things have turned around since the 60s, and, and now there's, well, let, let's just say wokeness has seeped in, not because public schools create the culture, but public schools reflect the culture. And uh, unlike the uh, National School Board Association, we don't consider parents who get involved as domestic terrorists. In, in fact, that's really the goal of the forum. Uh, we're going to have an open mic there, and we're going to have dialogue with, with parents and grandparents and, and uh, politicians and concerned citizens we need to put a positive influence back in our public schools. But to do that, we need to know what's being taught there right now. Well, that is uh, that is very well said. You know, we have been chronicling and, in fact, trying to, to have some sort of an impact on this program over the course of the last, well, really the last few years, but in particular the last several months prior to the Ohio School Board elections, which were held on, on August 2nd, to try to flip around, you know, and turn some of these seats that are being held by 
uh, indoctrinators, uh, individuals who are not concerned with education as we used to understand education, but, uh, but that are interested in indoctrinated, indoctrinating and, in fact, quite simply, I think, abusing mental child abuse and emotional child abuse by uh, turning schools around the way that they have. And I'm pleased to report, of course, that a number of those seats were taken by people who want to return education to education. But nationwide, Mr. Larson, as as you well know, and you talk about the domestic terrorist thing, we talk about the letter uh, uh, that was sent to uh, Merrick Garland, actually to Joe Biden, and then taken up by Merrick Garland and turning parents into the enemies here. Um, this is still an issue that is going to be fought, even though we had a great victory there in, in Virginia, uh, which was largely fought on those grounds. How do you see a turnaround happening large scale? Now you're going to you're going to do this event in Salem. It's going to be very very, I think, informational to people. But large scale, this is a movement to take over academia um, at the at the primary and at the middle and high school levels in the way that it was taken over a long time ago at the higher educational levels. Well, I, I totally agree, and quite frankly, it's why I got involved in Christian Educators Association International. We believe part of that movement comes from inside, from, from, from believers that have been planted in schools strategically across the United States. And, and, and I daily receive calls from teachers who are saying, look what I have to teach. How, 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 do, I, how do I present that? And, and, and we believe that part of that strategy is from inside. But a large part of it is from outside, too, and that's from parents who, who can keep track of what their children are learning. Uh, it can be uh, uh, supporting the correct board members to, to being those board members. You, you know, the, the, the public school is, it may be secular in nature since 1963, but it is still the public school that belongs to, to conservatives, that belong to Christians, that belong to people of faith that just need to know what's going on and then speak out. And I believe that's how the educational revolution will happen, both from within and from without. And when we meet in, in Salem on December 9th at the Timberlane Complex, that's really what we're going to talk about, what's happening. And, and unlike some board meetings, we're going to have an open mic there <laughs> because we want to hear from the people. And I believe together that that's just one way we're going to start rolling in that in in this area of Ohio and and then throughout the nation. I we we need to take our schools back, if you will. Well, there's no question have gone downhill. Yeah, there's no question about that. We are talking with Finn Larson. He's uh, the educational consultant for Christian Educators Association International. The event he is speaking of is Thursday, the 9th, 7 p.m. in Salem, Ohio. And again, that's not next door. I don't know if anybody here will be able to, to attend. Do you know, will this be um, recorded at all and available, by the, by the way, for, for playback or for viewing online or anything like that, Mr. Larson? We haven't planned for that, but that's certainly something we can look at. Uh, it would certainly be worthwhile. But, yeah. but I would say for even people that have to drive a distance, uh, Timberlane's Complex has an inn right in the facility, uh, so you can make it an overnight trip. They have a couple restaurants. Uh, I just believe that this is the time that we need to start uh, seeing a unity that, that has been missing. Uh, you, you know, there, there are some that believe that the, the church – needs to stay within its walls uh, on Sunday morning and not interfere with life. 
<laughs> and that's just that's just a deception. We need uh, to to get outside those church walls, and this is an opportunity to do that. And I would just encourage your your listeners if you can work it into your schedule at seven p.m. Head to the Timberlanes Complex in Salem, Ohio, and uh, you'll you'll find a lot of other concerned citizens there. And and together we'll come up with a plan. the The goal is not to tell the people what to do. My goal is to expose what's going on nationally and in the state of Ohio. And and we will have other ministries there that can be resources. FCA will be there. Protect Ohio Children Coalition, ASAP All School Assembly Program that provides. Uh, assembly programs to public schools, and then a follow-up where that will be faith-based. The Center for uh, Christian Virtue will be there. School Ministries Ohio will be there. Uh, they they provide release time Bible education to our public schools. There will there will be uh, parents who, who will have great ideas. There'll be board members. In fact, some of these new board members that were just elected to make a difference in the schools have already committed to be there also to share ideas and insight. I, I, wow. I believe, Bob, this is an important a watershed experience that I'm hoping some of your listeners can get to. Well, you, you might be surprised at the number of people in this listening audience who would absolutely make that trip. They do. They drive all over the state. If it's down to Columbus to offer testimony, you know, to, uh, you know, during, uh, school board hearings or, or Cincinnati, wherever they have to go, there is a contingent of people in this audience that are very devoted to doing what is right by our children and, and by our Christian values. And uh, I promise you will come out to Salem for this event. I have no doubt of that. Uh, the working title, it looks like, is Public School driven by current worldview, the past, the present, the future. Let me ask you this, Mr. Larson. Um, as we all have monitored the presentation of you know, critical race theory in the schools, social-emotional learning, gender identity, you know, the 1619 Project, which is a fictional American history that is intended to replace actual American history, we, we look at all of these things and we are, get very frustrated and the uh, the call for homeschooling has gotten louder and louder and louder. There are a lot of people saying, I just can't do this anymore. I'm not going to subject my kids to this. I'll do it myself. How do you feel about homeschooling as, a, as an answer, a remedy to this problem versus what you're going to try to do and help get started on, on Thursday in Salem, which is to fix that which is broken in the, in the public schools? I think that's a great question. I think homeschooling is a wonderful alternative for those that are able to do it. Uh, but but let's let's be real honest. It's not something that all parents can do. And no. and and I, I would also say Christian schools. Oh my goodness, a wonderful opportunity. But but the truth is, if all Christians got out of public schools, there are not enough families that can homeschool. There are not enough Christian schools that can house them. And at the same time, you would be removing some of the light. You know, one of the things that, that we really uh, encourage the, the Christian teachers who work in public schools that we serve is they should work with the Christian students that, are, that they know are in their classrooms. You know, there are some limitations because they are government employees once they work uh, for a school district, so that they can't proselytize, if you will. They can live openly their faith. They, they just can't force it on their charges. But but students can. I mean, students ha- have every freedom to share their faith in assignments and dialogue with other students. 
they could hold a revival in the hallway as long as they get the class on time. And and w- together, if we work with some of these ministries that are there to support uh, uh, children of faith and, and teachers of faith, parents of faith, if if we all work together in unity, not not sit in our churches and feel bad about what's going on or 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 put down the institution of public education. Let's let's go in there and change it. Those of us that God calls to do that. I so so I think the other alternatives are wonderful and and we should embrace them if we're able to. But even those that get out for homeschooling or those that get out to go to Christian schools, we still have the majority of our children in the public school and and uh, they are our next president they are oh my uh, next president of the united states they're sitting in our classroom our, our legislators our former our future parents there are future radio hosts if you will there are future educators uh we we can't uh ignore and dismiss those that are in this institution that has gotten off the rails that's a terrific response because I'm with you. I think homeschooling is a great, great op- option and a great idea for those that can do it for a variety of reasons. Many can't, whether it be ability, whether it be time, etc. So we do. We have to address this for the Christian students in these schools and for all students in these schools that just deserve to be educated the right way uh, and not indoctrinated and not um, you know being have have all of this uh, wokeness in the current culture forced upon them. So to those who are of a mind to head to Salem, it's in Mahoning County, or excuse me, Columbiana County, rather. It's out there, Youngstown Way. It's not next door. Uh, it's going to be at the Timberlanes Complex in Salem on Thursday at 7 p.m., Thursday, December 9th. Maybe organize some ride shares. Uh, Get in touch with John and Diane Stover at Ohio Value Voters. I know they are promoting this event. I got an email from them about that this morning as well or about this event. But maybe you get in touch with them, find out who's going from Northeast Ohio and see who's willing maybe to to do some ride shares, maybe look into an overnight stay as Mr. Larson just suggested. But by all means... This is extraordinarily important in the uh, in the educational movement to restore education. Uh, public schools driven by current worldview, the past, the present, the future. Finn Larson will present for the Christian Educators Association International Organization. It's been a pleasure, a real blessing to catch up with you, Mr. Larson. I really appreciate you coming on. And even more so, I appreciate what you're going to do on Thursday night. Fantastic. And I would encourage you, you Bob, to keep being that voice of truth there's not enough of it going around so i i just uh appreciate what it what it is you do and would encourage you to continue to be that strong voice it is very kind of you to say i have a deep amount of respect for you always have and uh and and thank you so very much for your time this morning thank you Finn Larson, he's given the presentation on Thursday in salem like i said you might have to work it out with somebody to make this work for you but if you can be there Goodness gracious, be there. And then if you can report back to me, maybe on Friday morning on this program, that would even be better uh, if you can tell us what you saw. 1026, we'll be right back. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Keeping you vaccinated against the lies of the liberal media pandemic. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1037 on this Monday. 
Appreciate you being here. So, um, there's a Norwegian, Norwegian, easy for me to say, cruise line, cruise ship, that uh, has apparently docked in New Orleans. Maybe you saw this, maybe you didn't. They docked yesterday. And when they docked, they were ready for them. All kinds of emergency responders and all kinds of uh, uh, private travel arranged to spirit away all of those disease-carrying, infected, viral patients that got sick on the Norwegian cruise line into their uh, into their homes or into their hotel rooms for mandatory quarantine. At least 17 passengers and crew members infected with COVID-19 were on that ship that docked in New Orleans. Health officials said the ship was disembarked amid efforts to prevent any spread into the community. At least one infected crew member is suspected to have the Omicron variant of the of the coronavirus. How they know that, we don't know, because none of the tests tell you. They just say you're positive for coronavirus. Why do I care about this story? Well... This is a cruise ship. Cruise ship, by its very definition, is isolated. It's isolated to those who are on the cruise ship in the middle of the ocean. Nobody is coming and going from the cruise ship when they're in the middle of the ocean, unless they're going for a dip in the salt water. Okay? Fine. Seventeen individuals who were on that cruise ship have tested positive for the COVID-19 Wuhan Chinese flu, and more are expected to test positive when the entire um, passenger and crew manifest is completely checked. What makes that cruise ship unique compared to, say, I don't know, a few hundred people, or a few thousand people. I think they said more than 3,200 people were on that ship. So let's say that there's a small town of 3,200 people. Let's say there's a gathering of 3,200 people. Let's say there's a gathering of 30,000 people in, a, in an arena or at a stadium. What makes this group of 3,200 people unique? What makes them unique is that every single one of them had been vaccinated. You can't say that in a group of 3,200 people in pretty much any other venue or any other setting. But on that cruise ship, Norwegian Cruise Lines say that their policy is no one boards that ship without being vaccinated. I want you to ponder what that means. Norwegian says it that all passengers and crew members were vaccinated against coronavirus prior to, to departure. That means that 17 people got coronavirus from a population of 3,200 people, all of whom were vaccinated. How did they get it when we are being told that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated? That it's you and it's me who are unvaccinated, that we are the ones who are the bringers of death. We are the ones who are bringing disease and pestilence upon the, the, the glorified, holy vaccinated. We are the ones who carry the disease, the ick, the plague. It's, it's, it's unvaccinated people who are responsible, you see. 
Well, here's a cruise ship, isolated from everybody everywhere else. None of the great unwashed, like you or me, who are unvaccinated, were allowed among, among that population. Only the vaccinated, 3,200 people, and they have a massive outbreak. And I don't know if you call 17 out of 3,200 massive, but it's an outbreak. That's what they're calling it. And again, they're treating it very seriously. They're docking in New Orleans yesterday. Again, they're being very careful to make sure that those who tested positive are getting right into quarantine and isolation and lockdown. An entire population of 3,200 people vaccinated, and yet somehow coronavirus broke out. But it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, we're told. It's your fault. It's my fault. We're the ones holding everybody back from being able to move on with our lives because we haven't taken the double jab, the triple jab. Oh, don't forget, it's not just the double jab anymore. It's the triple jab. you got to have three jabs to be considered fully vaccinated, right, doctor? In terms of the mandate, you have a vaccine mandate, right? Uh, At what point does the booster become part of the mandate? Yeah, I can't answer that right now, but I know that for the time being, the official definition of fully vaccinated is two. But do you see that changing? We keep having these variants. We're concerned about them. It could change. It could change. It could change. It could change. It could become three. There, There could be a time, there will be a time, where the thrice jabbed will look down upon those those weak little double jabbers and say, what's wrong with you? How come you don't have your third shot? You're as bad as the rest of those Non, those those non-vaxxers, those vax deniers, and you realize six months from now, when they say that the booster has waned and they're jamming a fourth vial of Lord knows what into your arm, those four-time jabbers are going to look back at the thrice jabbers and say, "How come you're not a quad like us? We're quad jabbers. You thrice, you triple jabbers are just." putting people's lives at stake. What's the matter with you? You trying to kill grandma? Go into the grocery store with just your three jabs. You don't know who you're going to infect when you get there. That old lady doesn't deserve to be infected by you because you've only gotten three jabs. You should be locked down for the duration of coronavirus. You realize that a year from now, in December of 2022, We'll be up to our fifth booster. You know, that fourth jab was great. It saved so many lives, but its effectiveness began to wear off. It's time for a little boost, just a little extra boost. That fifth jab and those 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 fifth jabbers, those quintuple jabbers, are going to be looking down on the four-time jabbers and looking down at the triples and saying, you make me sick. You disgust me. You double jabbers down there are no better than, than, than typhoid Mary. You triple jabbers, no better than that. You quads used to think you were so good. Why are you not up here with us? Why are you not a quintuplet? Don't you know that the, that, that the variant, the new variant is resistant to the fourth jab? It's time for number five. Now, I don't know how long you see that kind of trend going on. But can I say to you, forever? It's not an accident that officials in Oregon are right now drawing up the paperwork, the order, 
Maybe it'll go through legislation. I don't know. But to make masking mandatory wherever. Because it used to be for the duration of COVID. But now they're saying COVID's never going to go away. It's going to be endemic. And so since it's endemic, then our responses must be forever. Masking forever. Jabbing in perpetuity. Get your phone out so that we can QR code scan your fifth jab. In which case you can go ahead and go in uh, to that uh, to that restaurant and have a meal. If your phone does not have that fifth jab registered by way of QR code or barcode, you can't go in. And don't tell me you lost your phone. Then you get your paper card, your punch card that shows you got your fifth jab. You lost your punch card, too. Well, obviously, you can't be trusted to keep your own records of what number jab you're on. We're going to go ahead and help you out here. We're going to make sure you can't lose it. Just hold still. Click. It's a little grain of rice. It's a chip. It's the size of a grain of rice that's in the back of your hand or it's in your upper arm. You'll never feel it. You'll never feel it. You don't even know it's there. Ask people with pacemakers. People with pacemakers have a have a, a box the size of a garage door remote control opener tucked under their chest. They don't even know it's there after a few weeks. You won't even know this rice is there. But this way you'll never have to remember your barcode. You'll never have to remember your punch card again. We'll just scan you at the right place on your body and you'll be good to go. Call me a nut. Call me a conspiracy nut. Go ahead. Because we were predicting this stuff almost two years ago, and here we are, two years closer to it all coming true. We told you they wouldn't stop at one. We told you they wouldn't stop at two. We told you they wouldn't stop at three. We told you they wouldn't wouldn't stop the mask mandates when things became safe. When we reached herd immunity, we're well past herd immunity. 80 million people have been vaccinated. Another 40 or 50 million people have, have, have natural immunity, as I've been discussing. Like me. That's why I've been telling you for so long. It's not science that they're concerned with. It's compliance. It's not about science. It's about compliance. Share that truth and wear that truth. I'm still selling those shirts at alwaysright.com. Alwaysright.com. Or no, it's not .com. I take that back. It's .us, alwaysright.us, alwaysright.us. That's the website to buy those shirts. Maureen is in Cleveland. Maureen, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience. Go right ahead. Hello? Hello yes, go ahead, Maureen. Hi. Um, I wanted to just say a few things that are facts that happened to me. when I um, I was not wanting to get the vaccine. However... I was nervous because I want to go um, travel, and I'm very nervous that this country, and it turning into a socialist country if it's not already, was going to prevent us from doing that. So I went and got the first vaccine in February, and five days after I got the first vaccine, all the blood vessels in my right eye burst. I had to go in for emergency surgery, and my doctor, who I am smart enough not to say the name or who they are, made the comment, you'd be shocked at how many people this happened to because of getting that first vaccine. That's number two is 
I realize that a lot of people do not pay attention to the correct news, which we don't even know what the correct news is nowadays. But I have neighbors that I told that to who are hardcore Democrats and tell me that I'm full of crap, that that didn't really happen. Also... That you invented it. I, yes, I invented it. Okay? Now, there are a couple other things that happened to me after that. I also have two girlfriends who had anaphylactic shock mm-hmm. after they got the first vaccine. They will never get the second one, as I will never, ever get the second one. But more importantly, what's really bothering me is that people do not listen or realize that we are not saying, oh, you must be a Republican then, and you're just against the vaccine. No, it is because it has not been fully tested for safety. And that happened to me. I almost went blind. And I will never get the second one. And number two, maybe... Just like when you grow up and you're a child and say you drink milk and then all of a sudden, oh, you're allergic to milk. Some people may not be able to handle the vaccine. And there's no test that will guarantee whether that will happen or not. So you're you're you're, you should be. And uh, by God's good grace, you did not go blind fully. And I certainly hope you have no other side effects whatsoever. But your story is one that should be told, as are all of the other stories reported on the VAERS reporting system on the CDC website. There are all well, kinds of adverse side effects, all kinds of adverse side effects that people have suffered, some of them far more serious than others. Some of them, you know, uh, things that went away after a while. Some of them are very, very scary. Some of them are, are you know, cardi- uh, uh, um, uh, you know, cardiac events. Some of them are, in your case, you know, uh, situations with your vision. And quite frankly, other people have just died literally within a week of getting their vaccine. Uh, and they had no other illnesses, no other compromising situations, but they've given, they've taken the vaccines. And as you just said, Maureen, and you're spot on. This is why a mandate should be considered a, a, a crime against humanity, a one-size-fits-all mandate of a, of, a, of a shot for all people, regardless of whatever their health conditions may be, not having any clue what the impact will be on all of them. This is why vaccines don't get approved until 10, 12 years after they are introduced, so that not only short-term, but also long-term side effects and adverse effects can be documented and recorded before they decide, yes, let's turn this loose on the world. And this is, this is the insanity of COVID-19 vaccines. If I could just say a few more things. There's also, well, it, it, I have a sheet from the people that put it out that are responsible for the mask. The N95 mask does not protect against infection. It protects against bacteria, not infection, number one. And number two, I'm trying to figure out why people think, that, why, why are they preventing? We all know why the news is not saying how, how many people are getting affected bad by a vaccine. But how can it be taken care of? So that people see these are facts that we're giving you, that people are dying from this vaccine, and it is not good to get. Yeah, well, that's a great question. Without the media's willing, thank you for the call, Maureen. Without the, you know, the media generally is the conduit to the people with facts from, from important places, including uh, elected offices, uh, to the people. And the media is not willing to share that information, and that's why people have no earthly idea. 
Uh, I thank you so much for your call. And again, I certainly empathize with your situation. And I know there are, there are sadly, you know, millions of other people are going to have similar stories. Those VARES reporting events, it's just tragic to look at. And they won't even tell you about it. Back to wrap it up after this. Okay, 1057, we'll wrap it up here. Get one more quick phone call in from Brook Park, and it's Frank on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Frank. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you. Three of our founding fathers of our nations. I'm going to read brief statements from them. John Adams, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And we have Thomas Jefferson God gave us life, gave us liberty. Can liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a, a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and his justice cannot sleep forever. And finally, Benjamin Franklin. He was a signer of our Constitution. I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. If an, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? Thank you. Frank, thank you. Very, very powerful stuff. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's sad, but it's true that it's an oddity, what we just heard, that people look back to the brilliant founders of this great nation and the framers of our Constitution for guidance. It's an oddity. Nobody does it anymore. It's antiquated. In Woke 2021, it's an antiquated idea to go back and look at those who are responsible for the greatest civilization in the history of the world, the United States of America. But sometimes people do and can derive great, great uh, advice and wisdom from them. And Frank just did that, and God bless you. I appreciate it so much. Thanks to everybody, including my desk, uh, guests, Jim Jordan and Finn Larson. Thanks to Marcy, and thanks to Johnny, and thanks to you for listening. Appreciate it, as always. Kirsten now joins us tomorrow. Make sure you are here for that. Be well, be safe, remain free, and let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.